Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm Stephanie Long and I'm a business coach for nutritionists. After struggling with how to start my own nutrition business, I finally figured out how to launch my business and sign clients without the overwhelm. And now it's my mission to share this with you too. This is why I created my online course, Launch Your Nutrition Biz, to teach you the exact steps you need to take to start your nutrition business and sign your first paying clients. In this podcast, we'll talk about how to start and grow your nutrition business, sign new clients, come up with an easy to follow marketing plan and make money doing what you love. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Next Level Nutrition Biz podcast. I am here today with Nicole from Wellness Marketing Co. to talk all about social media trends for 2024. So let me tell you about Nicole and her business. Wellness Marketing Co. is a digital marketing agency dedicated to supporting dietitians and nutrition entrepreneurs so that they can get more clients, make a bigger impact, and do more of what they love. As a former private practice dietitian, Wellness Marketing Co.'s founder, Nicole, recognized the difficulty, frustration, and lack of time many health and wellness businesses face when it comes to marketing. She spent her time in private practice learning the ins and outs of social media marketing, email marketing, launch management, and more. Now herself and her team offer done-for-you marketing and social media management, as well as training to help you get your business off the ground. I just want to preface this by saying that the work you're doing is gold because so many of us nutritionists, dietitians, nutrition coaches um, don't know how to navigate social media. We feel so frustrated and overwhelmed. So just to preface this, you are doing the good work here. So thank you for what you do, <laughs> thank Nicole. You. <laughs> thank you so much. I'm excited to be back on your podcast. We had so much fun last time. <laughs> yeah. I'll definitely link to the past episode that you've done. And, um, this one I think is just really timely talking social media trends for 2024, us being early February, so many more months left of the year to start implementing some of these trends, um, that you see taking place this year. So let's just jump right in. I feel like, um, this is going to be such an action packed episode, so I don't want to waste any time. And I just want to like squeeze all of the juice from, from you and, and learn every we can. So the first question I have is what platforms should a nutritionist or dietitian be on in 2024? Should they do all of them? Should they be on specific ones? I'd love your take on this. Absolutely. I am always an advocate of just being on whatever platform you like the most. Of course, there are some that are going to be a little bit trickier to navigate than others. Um, but it totally depends on like you and your capacity. TikTok right now is an excellent one to be on. If you're not on threads already, threads is a great, easy one to grow on right now. Cause it's still so new. We don't quite know yet how to fully optimize it for like sales and stuff like that, but that's a great one to be on. Instagram is my personal favorite, but it is harder. If you're starting out, it takes a little bit more finessing, but Ultimately, whatever platform is going to be best for you and whatever you can be consistent on, trying to do too many at once, like, and then not being consistent, it can do almost more harm. So choosing a couple and like fine tuning those and repurposing content as needed. I love that. Yes, that's a great advice. And I think that's just going to help people have longevity on the channels or on the platform so that they are actually going and signing in and making content and they're not kind of resenting having to be on this platform they don't even want to be on. Now, that being said, can we just do like a brief overview for those that are maybe 
newer to social media or haven't even ventured into TikTok or threads, how would you like explain each one of these platforms or where would, who would like each platform be suited best for? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, Instagram is very much videos and photos. I'm sure most of your audience is probably on Instagram already. Um, That's kind of the biggest one that people use, especially, I mean, it's kind of tailoring a little bit more towards photos and photos recently more than videos, but it's so hard to say. It's so hard to say. They're always changing their ideas and what, like what they want to push out over there. But TikTok is all video content, definitely has a younger audience, but that said, there are still kind of a wide range of people that are on there. So if you are kind of targeting more of that, like Gen Z niche, or even like millennials, then that's a great place for you, especially if you like doing videos. I will say that obviously video and showing up on video can, isn't always like, you know, it's the most natural for people. Yeah. 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 So if you don't feel super comfortable on it, maybe test the waters on Instagram and then, and then go over there because people can really tell when you're not comfortable. So it requires like some practice. Mm -hmm. Um, and then threads is basically Twitter, but made by Instagram. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, very, it's connected to your Instagram, very easy to grow right now. It's very candid. Um, and it's just like a little bit more, I think natural versus kind of some of the other platforms that are very curated. Mm -hmm. Well, and I'll be the first to acknowledge that, like I jumped on the threads train. I'm usually such like a late adopter. I'm like, I'm not going to do the thing everybody's doing. But that one, I was like, no, I'm going to be an early adopter. I'm going to jump on. I'm going to do the thing. And then after a couple of weeks, I kind of slowly left. So I don't (laughs) know what, yeah, I don't even know what's going on there, but it sounds like it's moving. And it sounds like, you know, if you're a good writer or you like communicating in that style and maybe not doing the like more curated images or videos, like that is the place to still be like, there's still enough traction happening there. Yeah, definitely. You got to be a little bit strategic with still like getting people either to another platform or to a freebie or what have you. But it definitely like when I was on there, I was pretty active for a couple of weeks when the hype was there. Mm -hmm. And I think I grew like 600 or 700. Mm -hmm. I don't don't know if they call them. It's not followers. Followers, They call um, them something else. Threadies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Um, Very, very, very easily. But it's also you know, requires a little bit more finesse if you're trying to sell. Yeah. And I feel like I'm having the same conversation with a lot of my clients, but about TikTok and saying, hey, I know you feel like Instagram is not moving. It's so slow. It's hard to get followers, you know, or these like mindset blocks we might have about Instagram and TikTok. I've seen a lot of my clients shift over and, you know, in weeks get a thousand new followers. One of my client, my past clients now has close to 20,000 followers and more. So the growth can happen really quickly. So is that... Why do you think that is? Is it more of like the fast pace action of TikTok or more of like the age bracket that's there and they're just like ready to click follow quickly? Or yeah, I'm just curious, like, why is it moving so fast? Yeah, it's so interesting. I feel like I what I've been hearing a lot recently is that basically Instagram is like the new Facebook that nobody wants to use. And all you do is you post your like wedding, engagement, kid updates, like, and nobody really uses it for any other purpose other than that, which is, which is very interesting. And it's funny because I use my personal Instagram that exact same way too. So, I mean, TikTok is definitely one of those. Yeah. It's basically kind of what Instagram was like three Mm. years ago, but it's only video, 
I will say too, that people use TikTok as a search engine now. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard Pinterest, people use Pinterest as a, a search engine, but TikTok is like quickly, sur- like a, I can imagine will surpass Pinterest, will, may surpass Google in mm. terms of searching. Like people, when they want to find information, when they want to find recommendations, they go to TikTok. Yeah. And like, I, I do myself. Mexico and I like search the resort. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. Or I'm like Amazon products or whatever it might be that yes. I'm wanting, like looking for a review or yeah, I'm using it in that way too, which is really, really interesting. And would you say then the best way if somebody is on TikTok and they want to like capitalize on that search engine feature, should they be using classic hashtags or is there another way to be found in the TikTok algorithm? A lot of SEO. So SEO in terms of the text and the copy that's going on the video, like editing it in TikTok app, not editing it in CapCut and then putting it in, not just like downloading your Instagram reel and putting it in, doing it manually is key. And then also just like utilizing those captions, even if people don't read them because realistically, like people on TikTok don't read captions, just filling that full of keywords. You can use hashtags if you want, but it's kind of the same as Instagram right now where if it's, if you're going to spend hours on it, it's not worth it. But mm-hmm. if you just want to throw a few in, then, then that's okay. Okay. And I think I've even seen on Instagram, some people now not even using like the hashtag symbol with like the keyword now, just like writing the keywords <laughs> in the post might've even been you that yeah, did that. I've seen <laughs> okay. Okay. Or I've seen it recently. So is that just because they're looking for more keywords and hashtags is kind of like being phased out, but we can capitalize on this other strategy now? Yeah. I mean, I've seen people doing that. And the way that I kind of view it is just put that in your caption anyways, just litter your, your caption full of keywords, make sure it's on topic with what you're talking about. And then you don't need to add those extra words at the bottom. We still use hashtags for all our clients and we use anywhere between 25 to 30 per post because Mm -hmm. we have the software that helps us do that. And we still see results from it, but it is one of those things that I would say, like, it's not worth spending 30 minutes per post, figuring out what hashtags to use, like have a couple sets, cycle through them, make sure they're doing something, but it's not worth spending hours on. Okay. That's really good advice. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay. Amazing. So that's really great to hear about TikTok, threads, Instagram, the different uses for them or who, who it might suit better. Um, and now I'd love to just shift into what's trending for 2024. I feel like this is the juicy content we all want to know, like what should we be doing or what can we expect to, to see on social media for 2024? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I have kind of five things that I feel like are worth noting. And it's something that I've been seeing a lot of online with my endless hours of scrolling that I have to do as part of my job. (laughs) So, I mean, this is kind of what I have noticed. Does that mean that it's like a hundred percent these, this is what's going to get your results? Like maybe not, but um, it is something that I definitely have noticed. And so the first thing is personal and relatable content. People are really just like, people are sick and tired of seeing the curated feeds that aren't personalized. And while of course, like as a nutritionist, it is important to educate and provide value. People will be buying from you, not because of the education that you and every other person in the same niche are are sharing. They want to purchase from you. They want to get to know your personality, your story, 
and sharing those like little personal behind the scenes stuff makes such a huge difference. Our clients that do this are always the most successful. Mm -hmm. And would you say that this can be done on Instagram just as well as as it's being done on TikTok? Because I know that on TikTok, it is all like personal kind of that camera or what do they call it? It's like the Gen Z camera. I don't even know the name, but it's like talking to camera videos, but they're like, start, they start the video while they're setting the camera up. And that's like a whole Gen Z thing where like millennials set it up and then press go. And then we're like, hello. And we're so proper where it's like a different (laughs) style now, uh, which is so interesting being an older millennial myself. But is that, do you feel like it's just as easy to pull this same approach over to Instagram? I would say Instagram still is definitely a little bit more curated, but where that personal content is super great is in your stories. Mm -hmm. It's in life updates. Um, It's in like sharing your morning routine, sharing your night routine, sharing little videos like that. Maybe it's not as candid as it would be on TikTok, but still, you can still put it in, I'd say your stories would be like the biggest place for that. Yeah. So keep the Instagram feed more educational or like supportive of the client or their goals or um, whatever your audience wants to learn. But then inside the stories, make it more about you, more like community building and, but well, and which makes sense because your, your feed is to bring in new people where your stories is to nurture the people that are already there. So that does make a lot of sense. Yeah. And I will say that the personal content does so amazing for engagement. Like we've had clients where they are announcing their pregnancies or we're sharing like their thoughts on their pregnancy, because maybe they are in that niche or, um, who are like getting married and they have a diagnosis and they're talking about how they're going to manage their diagnosis on their wedding. And like stuff like that is huge for engagement. And it just helps develop more of that community, which is another thing that we'll kind of talk about is one of the trends that I'm seeing for this year. Amazing. Yeah. I, I'm always trying to work on the personal relatable content, but I think it's so hard that, it used to, and it still is to an extent, so curated, it's hard to crack that mm-hmm. and actually just come on and be super natural. Even if like, you know, you are more comfortable in front of a camera, it's like a different approach to just be chatting like you are to a friend than to sit in front of the camera and like kind of say a script of what you want to share. So I know personally, I'm like trying to work on that and be a little bit looser in the way I'm showing up, but it's so ingrained. It's hard to do so sometimes. Yeah, it's definitely hard. And I mean, one thing I will say is I was talking to one of our clients about this the other day and she was like, I just feel like my life is so redundant and boring. Like I do the same thing every day, nothing special. But the thing is, is that people are craving more of that, that normal routine kind of, oh yeah, 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 yeah. People want that. I don't know if you've seen on TikTok, there's this guy that's blowing up right now. I think his I don't know what oh, his handle is, but it's does like, does he clean house or does he clean his house with his kids or is this different? No, no. Okay. He works a nine to five. He works a nine to oh, five okay. and he just makes the most boring videos. Of his oh, nine to five. I, and then he's like, here's the um, five to nine after my nine to five, but yeah. he's just like, walk. That guy kind of creeps me out though. It's like, so <laughs> it's so monotone, but I know what you're it's talking so about. Monotone, it's so monotone, but he's blowing <laughs> up and he's getting so many brand deals and stuff okay. like that because influencers nowadays are becoming not relatable because they make way too much money and they're like kind of not in that same tax bracket as their ideal client. So they're not relatable anymore. So these people who are very relatable, like working a nine to five, like cleaning your house with your kids, like those are the people that are doing really well right now. And I think that's something that nutritionists can hype up more in their content 
because they are like relatable human beings as well. Yeah. And they're living for most of us. We're living what we're teaching. Like we're making the healthy breakfast. We're moving our body. We're, you know, going and visiting interesting, healthy restaurants with our friends and people want to see that. So like sharing that kind of content makes a lot of sense. I know that's what I want to see. So it's just now like flipping, like that's what I can also share and Mm -hmm. remembering like that is valuable, just as valuable as like an educational, like five-step how-to post. Like maybe it's more valuable in the way that social media is changing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's the biggest, biggest thing. Yeah. Personal, relatable content. And making sure that you're actually talking about your life. <laughs> yeah, perfect. What's yeah. number two? Where would we go from here? Number two is also um, the use of AI and automation to save you time. I can see that this is going to be, become a big trend. It's something that we're trying to implement in our agency. It is a little bit trickier. I will say it takes some finessing. It takes some time to like train whatever AI system you're using to understand you and your company and your niche and all of that fun stuff. But it definitely can be a huge time saver and um, definitely something worth utilizing if you have the time to learn it. Mm -hmm. So would you mean by like saying AI, would you mean like actually asking chat GPT, like write a post for me about XYZ topic? Or are we talking more like many chat automation, like a bot responding to comments on a post, or do we mean both? (laughs) Yeah, I would say both. So chat GPT is what we're kind of doing right now is we're training it to be able to write captions and newsletters and sales emails for our clients. It's taking a little bit of time and some finessing, but like, like I said, once chat GPT is trained, you can basically just be like, here's the post topic, write me a caption and it needs to be for sales or Mm -hmm. it needs to be to encourage people to share or something like that. And then it can spit out a caption. You just make a couple edits and you're good to go. It does take some time to get the system to where you want it. Um, But it is definitely something that if you have time to figure it out, it's so, so, so worth it. And then on the other end, the like automation in terms of something like ManyChat, I absolutely love using ManyChat. I will say that I only do it and recommend it for our clients who have enough DMs that are coming in that it's getting to the point where it's being overwhelming because I never really... So, I mean, for example, let's just take a step back here. One of our clients, she, whenever we post a sales piece of content, we'll have a call to action where it's to DM a specific word or to comment a specific word. And every single time we post without fail, hundreds of comments wow. DMs come in which is amazing yeah and so then what we're having to do is go into those messages and basically do a sales conversation with people so many chat can kind of, kind of take that workload off of you a bit by starting that conversation for you I will say that I'm okay with many chat and automation systems sending the first couple of messages but after that we stop it mm-hmm. and we need a real person in there because people can tell People can absolutely tell. It's one thing if it's set up to be like, hey, I saw you commented on my post. Like, do you mind if I ask you a few questions? That's such an easy thing to automate. But once you're getting into the point where you're trying to like empathize with their feelings and make sure that you know exactly what they're talking about and they know that you understand them, it requires a little bit more of a personal touch. Yeah, that's so true. And actually just as an example, and this is not to knock Tori Dunlop, um, her first 
100K, I think is her business name. I love her. She's amazing. But I just requested, like I did one of those like comment whatever words and the bot interaction went on for a long time at the point where I was like, okay, robot, stop talking. Like I'm done. <laughs> and it kept like responding and it kind of... Um, it ruined the experience a little bit because at first it felt like a genuine, like giving me information, but then it felt so redundant after a while. And I was like, this could have been stopped at like two, you know, two messages ago or three messages ago. Uh, so I definitely think that there's a place, but you're right. I love like using it for what it's set up for, but recognizing it's a bot and people can understand like that it's a yeah. bot responding as well. Exactly. Like people can tell. And so it's one thing if you're sending along a freebie, mm -hmm. that's okay. But if you're kind of doing a sales, trying to do it for like a sales conversation, then get it to send the first one or two maybe messages. And then you need to have someone take over, whether it's you or an engagement specialist or what have you. Yeah, absolutely. I actually know one of the members inside my membership uh, was telling us that she's been having good success with just saying like, like talking about a recipe she's made and then just saying like comment whatever word. And when they comment, she's actually set up that recipe as like an opt-in, like a free opt-in instead of just saying, here's the recipe, hey, opt-in to my email list. And she's been growing her email list really well through that strategy. So it doesn't have to be complicated. Mm -hmm. It, you know, it just needs to work and engage people to want to receive that thing in exchange. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Okay. What is the third trend for 2024? Okay. The third one kind of ties into the last two we talked about, but it's engagement and community development. Something that is really big right now, if you're on TikTok and you know, Emily Mariko, the like salmon bowl person. Yes. <laughs> she, she launched these tote bags. Tote bags yes. <laughs> I can see they're, that. They're $150 for a tote bag that probably cost her a dollar to manufacture, which is a little bit out of touch. But the big issue that is like that I'm seeing that other people are seeing is that she basically built this platform without engaging with her community. She doesn't respond to comments. She doesn't even talk in her videos, really. And she built this large community without actually engaging with people in her community and now she's trying to sell and she's trying to like work backwards and bring in that community engagement and she's really struggling and people are kind of you know a little bit turned off because they just feel like it's not authentic yeah and people can see that that actually reminds me um just kind of almost being tone deaf to your audience too um yeah and this might be a little controversial, but Glucose Goddess is another creator that talks about blood sugar balancing. And she would always talk about like free hacks and, you know, um, apple cider vinegar or like going for a walk after meals and recently launched, like very recently in the last couple of weeks, launched um, uh, a supplement that was to be taken before meals. And it, there's, it's caused a lot of controversy yeah. and it's been interesting to watch the way that she's reacted and the way that people are reacting. And it almost just seems like there was a bit of a disconnect from like the community and what they wanted or what they expected from that creator. So yes. I, I agree that you can really see the thread or it, like the threads coming apart when somebody may be promoting something that's a little bit out of touch with the community. Yes, exactly. And yeah, I mean, the, the fifth point that I'll mention is ethical content and that's kind of closely tied there, but yeah, I mean, community engagement is so important and just for so many different measures, whether you're trying to get sponsorships, people look, that's what companies look at is your engagement. Um, and even just making people like feel supported, listening to their needs, like responding to all their comments, 
um, getting people in your DMs and having conversations that aren't sales conversa- conversations just to like build that no like and trust factor more mm-hmm. is so important because their social media is just crazy these days. There's so many people on it. And I mean, what's going to set you apart besides you is also like how close of a community that you're building. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any like community building strategies that you can think off the top of your head? Um, Maybe something you're like telling your own clients to do or something you do in your own business? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I really, there's a couple of things. The first thing is incorporating content that is specifically for engagement. Mm -hmm. So that is specifically to get people in your comments, in the comment section, having conversations and like supporting each other and like feeling heard. This content might not move the needle forward when it comes to sales. It might not get a lot of reach, but it will help people feel more connected with you and the community. And so whether that's like sharing little bits behind the scenes of like your day or something like that, more of that personal content, or even if it's just like some reminders, like a reminder reel or tweet or something like that, um, just letting people know that they they're not alone and you understand them and you're there for them. It's content that people don't normally put into their social media strategies. That is so important. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes people think they're engaging, but they're really like hard ask questions. So like maybe the call to action on a post is like, tell me about a time that you felt unheard by your doctor. I don't know what the the call to action would be, but it's like, who wants to write a, a real personal story, you know, or like, tell me, like, I don't know, it's, it's sometimes they're just like too involved. And it's, if it's going to take somebody so much time to sit down, have to pour their soul out, they're likely not going to respond. So is that something you kind of see being a disconnect as well? Yeah, exactly. If you're asking people to comment, make sure you're asking them to comment something that is easy and like top of mind. So even if it's a matter of like, comment a heart if you relate or if you needed to hear this today or um, like one of our pregnancy dietitians, we love to kind of once a year have a thread where it's like, comment what trimester you're in, comment what your due date is, like just a fun way to build community and people will respond to each other and be like, no way, like that's my birthday. That's what I'm due too. Um, Or even just like asking your audience for tips. Like I'm thinking of one of our clients um, is getting married and sharing a little bit about like how she's managing her specific diagnosis on her wedding day. And she, we made a reel and in the comments, we basically asked people to share their tips from their wedding day. Mm. And that like got so much engagement because people want to support other people. Right. Yeah. And want to share what worked for them, what didn't work for them. But it's almost like at that edge where it's like, that's not so personal, but because we're working in health, we can't expect that you know, everyone wants to talk publicly about their health condition or because, you know, it is more sensitive, a sensitive subject of like the industry we're in. Yeah, exactly. And I will say too, even just like related to using call to actions, if you're trying to get people in your DMs versus commenting, I actually have noticed recently that not a lot of our clients, when we use the comment call to action, it's not always the most successful because people want to keep that information private and they're more than happy to DM you so that their friends don't see that they're commenting on this like posts about X, Y, Z. Yes. Really good point. So more, if it is like a sensitive subject matter, just say DM me with the word or with whatever versus comment below. Okay. Really good advice. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, 
engagement, when it comes to engagement in your stories, just sharing the most random behind the scenes of your life, like you're guaranteed to get a couple responses. Like the other day I shared, because most of the time when I'm sharing all my stories, I'm quite strategic about it when I'm actually on there. And I'm like talking about tips and tricks and doing some selling. But the other day I shared that I was like doing this like cold plunge like thing and I got so many responses and it was not at all related to social media like yeah. it was related to health but I mean so yeah sharing, well like, it shows that you're, what you're doing outside of the work and what you do in your free time or for me maybe I did see that but you know being a cold plunger myself I'm yeah. like oh my god it's relatable right so I think it's so nice to see like oh the people behind the actual account mm-hmm. but I think that is really the missing piece for so many people that just want to put a picture up and and like ghost social media but if no one's getting to know you they're might they're not really building that no like trust and they might not actually move on to want to be a client unfortunately exactly Mm -hmm. so what is the fourth social media trend okay the fourth one is one of my favorites and it's using more storytelling and I know when I first heard this word I was like what does that even mean people keep telling (laughs) me to tell stories and I don't understand (laughs) it's like the most frustrating thing to hear um But when it comes to storytelling, it's storytelling about you and your clients. And it's a great way to throw in some education or you can use it for sales. So whether that is a carousel or a TikTok or like a talking reel where you're starting out by saying like having a strong hook where it's maybe like, here's how my client did this in this many days. And then you kind of go into talking about the before and the after and what you worked on and like just sharing all the little details about that story to get people to like read your caption for more education or to work with you or what have you but incorporating more of that storytelling rather than just that just the education mm-hmm. and do you find that like people or even your clients sharing personal stories trumps client stories or do client stories seem to trump personal or do they all kind of work like complementary together they definitely all work very complementary I think the way that I like to view it is I think it's amazing if you have been able to achieve what you are teaching people to do I think that is like so important and that is meant to be shared but I think it's also important to show that you can replicate this from person to person. Like whatever you are doing, whatever method you're teaching, whatever you're helping them with, it helped you, but it also has helped all of these other people. I feel like there's a little bit of a disconnect online right now where people are like, I lost 50 pounds in a year and here's how I did it. And all they talk about is themselves. And then people are like, okay, well, it worked for you, but does that mean it's going to work for me? Yeah. So would you even recommend, I'm just thinking about the people who are listening and they're like, but I haven't really worked with clients yet, or Mm -hmm. maybe I've only had one, or I'm currently working with my first client. Would you recommend that like, as they're working with someone sharing the wins or sharing the process along the way, not waiting till like months later when they can now give like a full recap, like doing it along the way. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, if you have one client, whether it's a friend or a family member, even like if they're not even paying you using that like before and after and like walking people through like what you're doing with them is so helpful you don't need to have a formal testimonial form you don't need to have screenshots of client wins and that's the best part about storytelling is that you can truly just share 
your experience with that client and what they came to you for, what you're focusing on, what their results were, and you don't really need any of the testimonial proof or anything like that. Of course, it is helpful to have in the future as you gain more clients, but I mean, not every client will fill that out. And that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that you don't need to, that doesn't mean that you're not allowed to share their story. Yeah. And do you have any experience with, um, like people wanting to share their client's story, but the client being resistant to use their name or their photo and like, what strategy would you use in that case? Like, would you just say my client Mm -hmm. or a client I worked with versus like my client, Sarah, like you'd be a little bit more like strategic about that. Yeah. So, I mean, if you have their permission, um, and like you have filled out testimonial form and all of that fun stuff and you have their permission to use their name, I always recommend you using a name if you can use a picture if you can, and it makes sense. But if you don't have that permission, then just referring them to a client and not sharing obviously like too much personal information. But for example, like if you're writing a caption, say you have a reel that's like, I help my client do X, Y, Z in six months and read the caption to learn how we did it. In the caption, you can then say like, this client came to me and we're struggling with this. And I know that you're probably struggling with this too and how frustrating it can be. And in six months, we were able to make this happen and here's how, and you don't need to share, you know, it's, it's so pretty Personal general, details or anything. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay. So it's a great way to kind of highlight those wins and your processes and stuff like that without using names and pictures and stuff like that. Okay. That makes sense. That's really good advice. Cause I feel like people are waiting till the perfect moment to share the like ultimate win, but it's like, we forget all those little ones along the way mm-hmm. that our clients are having. And that can make a big impact on, you know, people in your audience, just kind of going along the same journey that your client's going through and seeing yeah. those wins. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like what we've been doing recently too, cause we have a lot of clients who, you know, they're fully booked, but like, that doesn't mean that every client is going to fill out a testimonial form. And so what we will be doing like more recently with content is just saying, we're going to have this carousel. It's going to be like a client story. So can you just share like a before, after, and what you did to make those changes? And then I can then take that information and like curate a really nice story about this client, but it doesn't require any names, any details. Like, you know, it doesn't even, you don't even need to know their age. You don't need to know what they do for work. Like you don't need to include all of that specific stuff. Yeah. And I feel like if you take the work out of the client's hands to have to like write this incredible transformation story and they just give you the bullet points Mm -hmm. and you do the hard work, then like, and you as the practitioner would know like how to illustrate the wins that they've had where they're just in the experience of it, but you're seeing it as an outsider. So you can see all those small things that like turn into a really big thing where when they're experiencing it themselves, they might not be like actually recognizing all these you know, small little nugget changes along the way. Yeah. Honestly, oftentimes testimonial forms are not actually the most helpful. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like they're great for proof purposes of proof, but often people don't fill them out the way that you want them to be filled out. Right. So kind of taking bits and pieces and like crafting it from your perspective. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what I do in my own business. And I teach as well, because yeah, if you're just like write a testimonial, people are like, Stephanie is so nice and helpful, but it's like, that's not really like action. Like there's no action or what were the wins or what was like the big progress we made. So like having more curated questions to get the right answers, I think is important. Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. Okay. I'd love to wrap it up with the last social media trend. 
Yes. Okay. The last one, this is one that has been coming up more and more, um, is just ethical content, (laughs) ethical sales content. That is something that I'm always personally having to like reflect back on and be like, is this like, does this feel good for me? Should I be posting this? Like, it's one of those things where sometimes we get so wrapped up in like what other people are doing. And the biggest thing right now is like B-roll clips with my client did this in this much time, right? Which is amazing. But I will say that if if that's not something that you can replicate super easily with all of your clients, having some sort of disclaimer or like even just in your caption being like, everybody is different and this is what worked for this mm-hmm. client. And just being ethical about the way that you're presenting your content is so, so important. The other day, there was this big, big business coach that works with nutritionists and health, um, shared their income in Mm -hmm. a reel and basically was inferring that if you work with me, you can also hit this like ridiculously high income month. Meanwhile, their income was mostly business coaching and not nutrition Mm -hmm. coaching. So you know, being transparent, people are just like, people are getting sick and tired of that. And they're ready to call people out for that. So just making sure that like your content as a nutritionist is as ethical as possible, sharing your client wins in a way that makes it clear that this is what I can help you with. And this is what's possible, Mm -hmm. but everybody is different and these results aren't guaranteed. Yeah. And I think to like kind of extend that conversation also, um, not just like finding, even though we're talking trends today, not just finding what's trending and then reproducing it if it doesn't feel good to you. And I'll use myself as an example. I joined um, a real, like a 30 day reels, um, I guess like challenge. And there were some that I was just okay, I'll try it out. It doesn't necessarily feel good to me, but I'll post it and immediately feeling like that's not my style. That's not my vibe. That's not how I would talk. And then feeling like there's that disconnect of like, you know, my ethics and morals on how I want to do business or how I want to talk to potential clients and how Mm -hmm. that can sometimes be in conflict with the other way people are telling you to market and sell or do social media. Yes. Yes. There's not enough nuance, I think, in some of these things. And not everybody is going to have the same style. And so if you're like kind of, if you're sharing social media content and you're feeling a little bit icky about it, then maybe that's a sign that something about that content for next time needs to be like switched up a bit. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And to know that you might make a mistake and you might do something that feels a little inauthentic. Obviously, we're going to try our best not to even get to that point. But if it does, that just means that you've learned a lesson and business is about lessons. So then we move on next time and we try not to make that same mistake. Uh, But even the people we've talked, some of the names we've dropped today are big accounts that are making pretty public mistakes, right? So, you know, if they can do that, so can we with our smaller communities and we can learn to do better and find things that feel better with us as content creators, as nutritionists and people that are putting out you know, content for, for an audience. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just like, you know, stepping back before you hit that post button and just like thinking about if it feels good for you is always like a great first step. And of course, like if you are part of a regulatory body, making sure that you are following all those guidelines and stuff like that. I just feel like social media nowadays is like very much about quick results. Like you see everywhere, here's how to hit 10 K days and 30 days or what, you know, yeah, all of, all like, of the claims. Really, <laughs> Yeah. And it's just like, 
there's not enough nuance in that. And so I would encourage you to make sure that you are like providing a little bit of nuance in your own content as well, because people, this trend of the really flashy hooks that maybe aren't the most realistic is going to go away soon because people are starting to recognize it and call it out. So (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And I appreciate that you're on the side, you said on the side that you do as like an ethical marketer, you know, doing your best to like learn what's working, not working and be on the right side of things. So I appreciate that you're sharing that with my community just to like, take a step back, see what feels good to you and go to the platforms that feel good, have fun, create content that connects, like all of the trends you told us today are really great reflections of like, how do you want to do business? How do you want to come across? Um, And yeah, how do you want to promote yourself moving forward? I think all of this was kind of like a masterclass and how to be on social media in a way that feels good to you. Definitely. It's always, it's always about like, what is going to make you feel the best, what you like doing. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to do anything you don't like. There's so many social media platforms. You don't even need to be on social media if you don't want to be like, I obviously am a social media girly. So I'm going (laughs) to encourage you to be on there, but you don't have to be on social media if you don't like it. Like there's always options for you and you can grow your business and be successful in a way that works for you. I love that. I knew this was going to be a great episode and you did not disappoint. So good. I feel like um, there are so much more that we could talk about and you'll definitely have to come back on in in the near future. Hopefully um, in a couple months, maybe we can um, bring another social media topic that's really relevant to the community. So looking forward to having you back on. But in the meantime, can you let everyone know where they can find you? If there's anything you want to promote or share, please do so. Absolutely. So I am on Instagram at wellness marketing co. That's kind of the main place I hang out. Our website is wellnessmarketingco.info. And on that website, you can also find this in the link in my bio on Instagram or on threads, um, is a free resource for three steps to selling on socials. So if you're feeling a little bit stuck with that selling piece, I would highly recommend you download that because we give you some like really great actionable, actionable tips to, start making sales on your social media, no matter how big or small your account is. Amazing. And if people are interested in getting support with their social media, is your agency like open to take on new clients or where would they go if they're like, you know what? I love Nicole. I love what she does, but I want her to take it over. I don't want to do this myself. (laughs) Is there an opportunity for them to get some support? Yes, absolutely. We are about to start a wait list for right now, but we are constantly kind of bringing on new clients as we can um, make sure that we are supporting you and have the staff to support you. And so if you fill out our, we have a a form on our website, it's on the services tab. It's in the link in my bio as well. If you fill that out, I will get you set up on a call and we make all of our packages custom to your business and your business's needs. Um, just to make sure that you're like, I'm again, feeling good about what the deliverables are, how many posts you want to do all that fun stuff. So on our website is that form. Amazing. I will link to all of your socials and uh, your website and everything in the show notes for people to check out and to grab your free resource. And thank you again. This was amazing. I have so much fun chatting with you. You're just so knowledgeable when it comes to social media. You're the right person to go to. So thanks so much for sharing about the social media trends for 2024. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening in. If you love this episode, be sure to leave us a review, share this episode with a friend, or take us on social media. Talk to you soon.